Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with guitarist, composer, and leader of the experimental rock group Carbon Works, Neil Bernard. On his new 2023 album called Vanishing Act, Neil rings in the new year with this energetic new single titled Marie Osmo. The song is the third release from Carbon Works' upcoming album that is due out on April 21st, 2023. As a part of Carbon Works' singles, the song is a unique combination of various genres. We get into the whole album, what's been going on, COVID life, the future, and so much more, along with being a very accomplished musician. He's also in the medical world. We talk about that too. He is a repeat customer here on Neon Jazz. It's great to catch up with him again. Enjoy this interview. It's great that you reached out. It's it's funny because I was going through my episodes. I had an issue with my RSS feed, and I was going through them, and I specifically came across your interview right when Patrice said, hey, Neil has new material out. Do you want to interview? And I was like, oh, yeah, because I remember that interview really well. And it was uh, it was a really good one. So yeah, I'm I'm glad that we can reconnect, and it's great to see that you got new material out there. Yeah, yeah, we do. We got a new album. I'm really excited about it, and uh, a new video that's turned out to be really hot, and all all kinds of stuff, and and uh, some of it's jazz, and some of it's in other directions. But anyway, um, I think it's a cool thing. Well, before we get into that, I want to kind of ask you, you know, especially in your capacity in the medical field, how you know now that. Not that COVID's gone, but now that the world's kind of opening up more, how did you survive that time period, and how has it changed the way that you live your life now? Well, you know, i got to tell you, there's nothing like having people <laughs> together in the same spot. And when COVID arrived, uh, let's call it early 2020, I mean, practically overnight, every business emptied out, every restaurant emptied out, every jazz club emptied out, everything emptied out. And suddenly it meant if you wanted to get to get people together and you want to show them some music videos or play a gig, you're not going to do it. From our standpoint, it didn't, it didn't uh, affect our recording so much because we, we were still able to do that. And we were able, we, we were working hard at work on this new album. So that was all right. But it's been, man, it was punishing to the music industry. And so many musicians really had a hard time. And, and I got to tell you, I don't think it's over exactly. I mean, there are still places that are not booking music the way they used to. I hope it all comes back. Yeah, I think there's probably a good chance that it will, because I think the template now is the kind of form. I know here in Kansas City, a lot of musicians, a lot of people are coming back. And of course, everybody has the latitude to still mask up and to use the precautions that we've been used to. And I think that, you know, I'm cautious to not say, yeah, COVID's over. It's more of you know, the world's responding in a different way than it has for a while. And it is really good to see that, you know, musicians are back because they were shuttered for so long. I mean, even when stadiums were filling up for sports, musicians, because the nature of what they do, sending air through a horn and particles going out, whatever it is, it's nice to see that things are kind of coming back a little bit now. Oh, man, you should have seen us in the studio. You know, you bring in a trumpet player, you know, and everybody's got, like, double masks, and they're all thinking, oh, my God, you know, are there particles in the air? And, and then you've got your bottles of uh, disinfectant for all the microphones and everything else. I mean, you want to, you want to uh, respect your uh, musicians, and you don't want to hurt people. And of course, the disease has calmed down a bit, but, but we've, we've had to be careful throughout. It's also changed things. You know, bef- before 2020, people weren't doing these sort of like Zoom concerts where you'd have your different musicians in different boxes. And um, I, I think it, it, it's some, as bad as the pandemic has been, it's taught us some new ways of reaching people. And it, it's allowed us in some ways to 
reach more powerfully to think, okay, can the Internet bring my message to areas where it never would have before? Absolutely. Yeah, I think there's a lot of silver linings that have gone into this, and I've heard it firsthand from a lot of people. Um, so let's talk about your new material. Did all of this kind of come by proxy of living through this pandemic? Was it things that you were kind of thinking about prior? How did all of the nexus of this new creativity come about? Oh, man, who knows where creativity comes from? i, I got to tell you, though, the first song on this album is called Athena. The, the goddess Athena. And who knows where these things come from? I was in a hotel room and it was four in the morning. I just woke up and you're lying there and this saxophone line came into my head and I just was playing with this song thinking, this is really nice. And it was, it was a little bit like, um, if you remember the old Robert De Niro movie, Taxi Driver, there's this kind of beautiful saxophone that, that starts it off and that it's raining in the, in the streets of New York. It was kind of like that feel. And I thought, oh man, if I go back to sleep, that music is going to be gone. I'm saying I can remember it. So I got up, it was basically the middle of the night, and I got my sequencer out and I just started writing this song. And it's, it's jazzy, but it, it, uh, it connects to the saxophone, connects to my guitar, and um, some be- beautiful interplay with uh, Allegro, who plays a violin. And then the lyrics come in, starts out in French. There's this fabulous French singer named Laura Lott, who is, lives in France, and I've discovered in a way I can tell you about. And then it, it ends in, with lyrics in Latin. And I know that sounds like crazy. Like, why? Well, because frankly, that's the way we always are. But, but, if you think about it, the, the French language is very smooth. It's like a saxophone. It doesn't, the consonants are not like percussive. In English or maybe Spanish, the consonants hit you like a drum. And so the fact that we did it in French just works really beautifully. So anyway, so that's the start of it. And then from there on in, the, the whole rest of the album goes in all different uh, directions. Um, much of it jazzy, but some of it... Some of it is kind of a throwback to things that we were doing 30 years ago. There's a little bit of a new wave and even a punk feel that we throw in. Because, to tell you the truth, my my goal is to not have it be every song the same. My goal is to be a la- uh, really a soundtrack so that we can bring you through moods and hopefully the end result is a really nice one. I'm, I'm really happy with it. It's called Vanishing Act, and it's going to come out in a, in a month or two. So I think that's the thing I noticed during this pandemic period is that there was levels of electronica that were getting infused into the whole jazz arena. And I think maybe there was a part of just the way um, that that, that we're kind of moving forward is that there's there's, there's going to be more elements that are getting kind of pushed into what we consider jazz. Are you noticing that? Is that kind of a part of what you're doing as well? Yes, and I, I I have to say I think some people might have hated the idea that we're that, that it's not just jazz. Um, one of the songs that I have it has a peculiar name. It's called Marie Osmo. It starts out for all the world as a 1980s punk song, and it's got me banging on the guitar just like somebody would have, have done at CBGB in New York. But then all of a sudden, it, 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 you put the brakes on the song stops. And then this jazz bass starts up. Suddenly you're in some Parisian jazz restaurant and, and um, the bass and the, the instruments and the, that kind of Stefan Grappelli violin all come in 
and they serenade you for a minute and then bang, it stops, goes back to punk. And it's uh, somehow it fits. But as I said, it's, it sort of breaks all the rules. I mean, you, sh- you should never start with punk, go to jazz, go back. But I found that you can do it. And sometimes, sometimes you want to do it because you don't want to just, I didn't want to just do here's Ella Fitzgerald on my song. You know, I, I wanted to, kind of grab people by the collar a little bit. And, and so that's, that's what we've been doing on a number of these things. You know, and I think the other thing from my end of things here is that, you know, throughout the pandemic, there was consistently albums that I was getting sent to my, my, uh, my station so that I could play it. But I think now there's a different feel to it because, you know, yours is coming out in April and it seems like it's going to be a really good kind of way to kind of reintroduce the world to music again and you got new material have you thought about how cathartic that is to kind of go into this new era yes but you know this is a, this is a tough era um i mean things change the pandemic was one part of it but let's face it the other part of it is aggression um it, it's from my standpoint both as a as a musician as as a doctor as a as a person living in washington dc um it seems to me that people have become more tolerant of aggression than before. And, and, and in all different ways, I talk about verbal aggression, the aggression in the media, uh, the, uh, the, what's happening in, in, in Ukraine right now. But I, the, the second song on this record is called International Anthem. And what I'm doing with this is I'm trying to, well, well it's, it's, it starts out, with the U.S. national anthem, but then after about one line, it changes to the British national anthem, and then after another line, it breaks to the French national anthem and the Italian national anthem and the German national anthem, and one layers over the other. And I know this sounds absolutely nuts, just like everything else we've ever done, <laughs> but it works. And I, I'm not always big on a message in a song, but the message here is: Can we dissolve these borders? and reach across and get along. And so what I did is I, I tried to just make these national anthems all go to get, all kind of fit together. Um, and then you can hear the music heating up and conflict arising and, uh, and so forth. And then it kind of settles out. So anyway, this is, this is my own anti-nationalist, anti-nationalistic uh, thing that, that, was, that, that really came from the era that we live in, which is one where, you know, I, I, I was a, a product of, of a time that was relatively peaceful. World War II was ancient history, could never happen again. Well, we're now at this point where we're thinking, wait a minute, anything could happen now. So anyway, that's that's the message of this song, and, and there's every different kind of musical element thrown into these national anthems too. So I think people are going to scream when they hear it, but um, we'll see. Well, and I think that's the interesting part of music these days too is that this has really been a, quite a Bob Dylan moment for everybody because there's so much going on. And like you said, anything can happen at any point. So, I mean, have you felt as though there's more of a, um, a responsibility, so to speak? Maybe that's too hard of a term. Uh, more of a way that musicians should put their voice out there in a time that needs it so much. I like it when musicians do, but, but I, think, I think the point that you raised just now is really central to it, which is, does Bob Dylan standing up and saying, you know, the answer's blowing and when, does that get us anywhere? 
And the answer, my answer is, I don't know. Um, I'm hoping it does. I'm hoping that some of the things that I have said will at least validate feelings that people have. In some of our videos, um, compassion, the need for compassion, comes through loud and clear, and I'm hoping that in some ways it promotes a message. But I think it's very, very easy for people to hear a message in a song, ignore it, go on with their lives. Um, so I think I mean there have been so many musician activists from Dylan to, Bo, to Bono and Bono and, and everybody have been doing this kind of thing, um, including, including me, I guess. Um, you're always trying to find a way to touch people in the heart, to motivate them, to kick them in the butt in different ways, and and, and I am too. But you always have to think. Um, you know, people are people are in, in many ways reticent to take action even when they know what's in front of them. So we, we've got to pair our musical activism with it kind of every other form of activism, too, I think. So, you know, I know we, we interviewed before we talked about this duality of you being a musician and a physician. And, and, and do you feel a little bit more gung-ho about being a musician now after what we've lived through, or is the feeling kind of the same? The, for me, the feeling is the same. I mean, ever since I was six years old and studying piano and, and cello and the, the various instruments that, that I had to, that I kind of was forced to, 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 to learn growing up. Music has been central to my life long, long before I did any of these other things. So um, for me, music is something that I've wanted to do, that I feel I need to do. And, and um, I'm hoping that, um, that, that this album, like that, frankly, I think it's the best one that we've done, but each, each one has its own feel. So yeah, I, I love it. Um, I think it's essential. And, in, so, and I have to say, sometimes in this crazy world, music is kind of the only thing that makes, <laughs> makes sense sometimes. Um, not that it's necessarily rational, but a beautiful guitar line, whatever I can play, uh, lyrics that really hit home in some way or another, um, even though ours are sometimes a bit on the avant-garde side, I'll admit. But... Um, in some ways, it's something you could control. It's something you can enjoy. It's something that beats turning on the evening news sometimes. For sure. So talk to me a little bit about the release, when this will be released. I know it was in April. Live shows, anything related to how people can pick this up and learn more about anything related to your touring or anything musically going on in your world? Oh, well, thank you. Well, the, the, the first, the very first video that, well, actually there's two videos that came from it. You can, you can actually see them right now. If you go on to YouTube and, uh, look up Carbon Works, you'll see all our videos there, but, but one of them is called Training That Works. And this is the goofiest song ever. It was written by Bob Gray, who's been a, a friend and collaborator of mine for, for decades now. And he, he was somewhere at work and somebody had this, brochure about training that could help you and somehow this just made him laugh a little bit I, I don't know why this is, a, this is some goofy training program anyway I, so uh, Bob wrote this goofy song about I'm at work and I've got training that's going to help me succeed it was kind of a tongue-in-cheek David Byrne kind of thing but anyway training that works we put it on YouTube at the end of last year it's already had 300,000 views um, so the, the album's not even out yet, <laughs> but that, that was kind of the first one. Um, and then also you'll see one that's really quiet, um, that, that we did because, really because of the pandemic. Um, 
when you might remember 2020, the pandemic was coming out and kids were suddenly overnight pulled out of school and they were freaked out and there were deaths in families. So I wrote this song that's basically to say, you're going to be okay. And I didn't mean it to be a Hallmark card, you know, way of lying about the realities of things, but I meant it to be calming for children. So I wrote this song called, called, uh, in, in English, it's everything's all right. In French, it's tout ira bien. That means everything will be all right right now. It doesn't mean things are going to be all right forever, but for tonight, when you're going to sleep, you're going to be okay. And it is, I got to tell you, it is such a beautiful song. Um, uh, Christine Erin uh, sang it in, in French and also in English. And it's got, uh, it's got a beautiful video of animals who are getting ready to go to sleep, just like a little kid would. And they yawn, like a koala yawning and lizard yawning and so forth. And uh, then they all bed down to sleep. And so the high point of my life so far musically was that when, when we released that and put the video out, uh, a parent put in a comment that she said, my four-year-old son watches that video every night before he goes to sleep and he names all the musicians in the credits, first in English, and he watches it all again in French, and then he can sleep. And I thought, okay. My life has been worthwhile. Yeah, that's great. That's wonderful. Well, Neil, thank you for opening up. Thank you for, for, for talking about this project. It's great to catch up with you again. I look forward to having it on the show. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. It's always great to talk to you. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we get into the finest players and minds in Washington, D.C., New York City, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Neil for his time, music, and cool. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews or Neon Jazz Interviews on iTunes or Spotify and at YouTube.com. For all things Neon Jazz, visit NeonJazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.